any, anybody else have any ideas for how to <laughs> lead back in? Um, I mean, I only played the I one could, level, but what do you what do you got, DJ? Could lead in with a shitty pun. Yeah. <laughs> do you have one? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'll lay it on. This one I was it's thinking real about before. Yeah. <laughs> lay it on us. Oh god! Like as in, <laughs> like just do it now. <laughs> Like, do it as a lead-in, I oh, guess. And God. if it sucks, we'll do another lead-in. I don't know. You're a team player, DJ. Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number 14, and my name's Kevin Portelli. I'm here tonight with our hosts, uh, DJ Mandolini. Hey, hey. And Randall Nolary. Hey, everybody. I stumbled over my words there. I always made sure I pronounced that S on the host this time. <laughs> um, I know I, f- I fumbled that, or a little silent S on the end there last <laughs> time. Backpedal. Gave you a little, little, little lead-in introduction, DJ, this time. Just a little retro. <laughs> 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 I got to make amends. I got to make amends. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think. Uh, well, actually, I, d- I had something I wanted to talk about real quick with you guys, because I finally got around that just randomly. I don't even know why I was talking with our buddy Glenn uh, the other day. I finally got around to watching that Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer. And I'm not even going to talk about what Sonic looks like. You know, I already saw the the pictures and stuff. Yeah, this is like months and months ago. But like just seeing like some of the scenes in the trailer and like Jim Carrey and oh, yeah. the the Gangsters Paradise. That's yeah. what made me watch the trailer. Like Glenn told me that they use Coolio's Gangsters they Paradise. Sure I was like, what? Yep. And like for most of it, there were they didn't use any of the lyrics. So I was like, oh, maybe they're just like I guess they're just going for that vibe of that song, even though it's such a memorable like beat or like little ditty, you know? Right. But uh, it's hard to not, you know, just immediately think of that song. But when it, I you think know, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just I it doesn't matter if they change what Sonic looks like. That movie is going to be garbage. There's just there's <laughs> no chance that it's going to be good. I, I mean, so, Jim Carrey's all right as I don't Dr. know. I don't know. Man. I, I, I could see that working. I haven't seen Jim Carrey in anything good for a while. Yeah, but I, I, mean, I, I haven't seen Sonic him in anything now. You think they're going to pull top tier? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think they did pretty well to get Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it, it scares me a little bit. He's a, I was not impressed by his, uh, I, I didn't think it fit, didn't fit the vibe. Okay. But in the little snippets they showed in the trailer. The but. Sonic vibe. Yeah, or just the vibe of a good movie, I guess. It didn't have a, Talking about a good movie, movie vibe. Yeah, I guess I, yeah, I guess I, I didn't really have any interest in seeing this movie, and I'm not going to see this movie regardless. I think but, I'll probably end up watching it, but not until it's free on some streaming service. I, yeah, I, I guess know. I should. Yeah, I should say, yeah, if it was just sitting there on Netflix and I'm yes. just like having a few beers and like, you know what? Yep. Sonic's, Sonic's free. Let's see how far we can get before we tap out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, I w- but I was just shocked that that movie exists and it, and how bad it looks. I mean, I wonder if kids will actually like it as the, you know, assuming what that that's going to be the target audience. Like, we know it's going to be objectively bad. But <laughs> I don't know. Although we didn't Maybe mention that they went back to the drawing board and they're, they're going to redo all of the CGI for Sonic in like a new style, which is going to take months and months of work. 
Well, that's what that I, I think I, I might have briefly touched on that because, yeah, I feel like if they for me, it like I know everybody made a big stink about that. And it's cool. It is kind of cool, I guess, that they're redoing it, even though I kind of hate that fans think that they can just yeah. dictate what like just it is what it is. You know, if you want to make a something different, then try to be a, get a job working on the movie, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I know it's not as easy as that, but I, you know what I mean? It just seems like what gives you the right to you're not the one creating it so right. someone chose these people worked really hard and they chose to make sonic look the way they that they chose to make it look yep and just live with it you know yeah just don't go don't go see it if you if you're not happy with it so yep. i get vote with your dollars don't I mean, vote with they, your, didn't, they didn't force them to redo it you know it's i think they did they made like petitions and stuff i mean oh, they yeah. didn't for, literally force but it like, was like insane yeah yeah but hmm. yeah I just feel like it's it's just a, it gets a little out of hand because there was something else. I think Bloodstain we talked about, yeah, uh, Ritual of the Night last week, yeah, um, and they redid a lot of the art style in that game because fans were just like, oh, it's kind of bland. I can't I can't remember what the complaints were, but uh, there was all sorts of complaints, and they just added like a lot of extra like detail and some slight redesigns to everything in the game. Though I mean, it had to be a pretty decent overhaul. They must have thought it was worth it, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true, but. I don't know. It's a dangerous road to travel, I think. But it is. Yeah. <laughs> to to turn on a whim to public opinion is generally not not a great strategy, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, we're here to talk about some video games today and not uh not video game movies. So. Not video game adjacent products. <laughs> yeah, but uh one of the one of the things that uh we got around to playing, all of us played. I played quite a bit this week actually, more than I expected to. Uh, but uh, we all played a little bit this week. We played some Celeste. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of inspired to do so. Uh, I don't know if either of you, I know we DJ and I, I showed him the video earlier. Uh, there's that Game Makers Toolkit channel on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, he did a, his most recent video was just about like, why does Celeste feel so good to play? Uh, and it had like some brief interviews with uh, the developer, the two of the developers of the game. Um, and just talking about some of like the little tweaks and like the different controls and he i think he even inter- interviewed one of like the top speed runners uh of the game uh for your like you know some specific techniques and stuff like that um That's but anyways cool. that just kind of got me excited about the game again and uh actually dj and i when we were looking it up earlier they i there apparently is a chapter nine uh free dlc that's going to mm-hmm. be coming out oh shoot, uh, it was spo- really? it, yeah it was supposed to come out in april apparently and they said oh we're pushing it back but oh man it's, a, it's like their pinned tweet on their page that's so, all. Awesome. That's, that's all the research we've done. On. Yeah, <laughs> that's more than I knew. Like, that's, yeah, the same that's here. Great. Yeah, I had no idea. So I and for what it's worth, I had just uh, I'd beaten the game, the main game, but I never finished like that very final eighth like core level. Um, and I'd done a handful of the B sides or a couple of the B sides. Um, and I was just I ended up just kind of going through and playing one of the B side levels. I was and then just kind of going and picking up some stray strawberries that I missed. Yeah, and uh, and uh. Yeah, just kind of bouncing around and just kind of refreshing myself with the game a little bit and and refreshing, you know, what I what I like about this game so much. I, I do have some problems with it um, and qu- quite a few, actually. But but I overall really, really love this game a lot. But uh, but how do you guys feel? Uh, who wants to take the lead here a little bit? I'll take the lead. <laughs> take it. I'll be decisive. Um, <laughs> I, I really love this game. Um, I think I played it shortly after it came out last year. and. Um, you know, I guess maybe I had a 
unique experience with it cuz like I'll I'll just talk about my personal shit on on the podcast. Go for it. Uh I struggle with depression so like I don't know this uh game that deals with those kind of themes was yeah. I don't know. It was it was a very I don't know immersive yet like somewhat uplifting experience for me. Like it yeah. it really did like a 180 on my mood, I'd say, throughout playing this game. So that's awesome. You know, there's there's that, but there's also like as they explain in like that uh game makers toolkit video, like they explain like, you know, why movement in this game just feels great. Um, you know, we've talked about the the soundtrack, which is kind of diverse. They've got some like more upbeat songs, but they've also got some like chill Donkey Kong country esque. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, like some borderline but, rip yeah, like yeah, hot lava hop, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, and you know, realizing that you know, spoiler, there are actually seasides uh, to some of these level to Jeez. all the levels. Like, I don't know, having that level of challenge uh, was you know very very addicting for me. It's hard for me to like you know start those and not stop until i actually complete it so i i sunk a lot of hours into this game i'd say yeah and i i guess if if we're just in case you're not familiar you know this is like a 2d side scrolling platformer not unlike super meat boy i know we reference that game constantly um but you know just that kind of fast pace and and these are bigger levels you know it's not like those single screenish quick levels but but the levels themselves are kind of made up of those, you know, Super Meat Boy-esque length challenges. And, you know, there's checkpoints along the way that are basically after every, like, you know, small set of challenges. So, um, but just to briefly mention what the game is, just in case. Yeah. And I think the, the controls are, are just spot on in a very yeah. Super Meat Boy way, I would say. Except the levels are at least in my experience, more expansive than Super Meat Boy ones typically were. I would say a lot of those Super Meat Boy ones were kind of like one or two screen type of designed, weren't they? Maybe. Yeah, it's like it's like the levels. It's like the levels in Celeste are like made up of big chunks of the or like many of those types of levels. You know what I mean? It's like because each each, it's like a because again, you're just like one hit kill if it's either an enemy or if you fall in a pit or something like that. But basically, as soon as you get to like so usually it's a lot of, you know, a lot of levels are just, or a, a lot of challenges or whatever, are like a static screen and you just have to get to the other end. And as soon as you get to the next screen, that's a checkpoint. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's set up and structured like that. Sometimes there's a little bit of scrolling going on, but it's essentially one room. And as soon as you make it out of that room, you, you've hit the next checkpoint. They do have some levels where there is like a slight amount of like, I guess, backtracking in a way there, there's some screens that you end up like, returning to just based uh, yeah. on like unlocking keys and like yeah. you, you yeah. kind of have to go down one path get a key come back unlock the other path and then travel that way. like when you're so, helping to clean that uh the hotel with the the ghost guy and stuff like that yep. right yeah. yeah 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 so it does feel more like i don't know like a a, a giant map instead of just a, a series of challenges yeah it feels more like an adventure as opposed to yeah just completing challenges even right. though structurally it's it still is kind of the same but uh but yeah i don't i don't know i i uh i'm glad you mentioned the depression thing dj not because that you struggle with depression but i i also do a little bit and uh and i found this game i kind of bounced off it because of those moods i, I didn't uh 
didn't really relate to the uh, the struggle of Madeline and the main character and, and actually kind of was very put off by the story of this game. Um, and just like the design of the characters, I not, not I shouldn't say very put off, but just just didn't really relate. I I, I found uh, it was a little bit like presumptuous about the way that uh, that people deal with depression and stuff like that. And I, I, I didn't really relate that much. So I, I tended to kind of skip through the cutscenes and thought they got a little bit tedious. But uh, but the gameplay itself, I just I absolutely love. So once I got to like the B sides in this game where you weren't even worried about collecting strawberries or uh, which are some of the tougher challenges on the main levels. But once once I got to the chunks of the game that basically had no story at all and it's just pure platforming challenges like that was when I really got hooked into this game and then really started enjoying it. Yeah. And, you know, you're able to easily omit those story uh, portions if you're not into them like. I think every cutscene can be skipped. And, yep. Uh, you know, there's you know some areas in the maps where like you could talk to like Theo or something, but you right. don't have to. Like you just be like, nah. Not yeah, I was, and I was were... replaying the the first main oh, level, yeah. Uh, and yeah, there's an opportunity to talk to Theo, which I did, and I'm like, oh, okay, let me play some more, and then I noticed, oh, you know, Theo still has the the conversation bubble above his head now that I got that strawberry that I had missed the first time around. Let me come back and talk to him again but i didn't have to do that if i didn't want to um and it's cool i think the way that the the story and the conversation plays out like i went and did that and came back and then madeline was like oh sorry like i didn't introduce myself you know i'm, I'm madeline you know and you know sorry like hey what how's it going what are you doing here whereas like the first time around theo was was being you know open and introducing himself but madeline was kind of you know doing her own thing so I actually like the story elements in this game generally. I, and I, I liked kind of the excuse of like, oh, I, I found this, this story element, this character or whatever else. And it's a, it's a chance to take a breather in a otherwise pretty difficult, like intense, let me focus all my energy type of game. Um, it gave me a moment to like, okay, relax, take the story in, take the presentation in and then kind of move on. Yeah, you know that you know with the I found myself typically like playing a level and then as soon as I got to like the story beat I would find myself stopping and just like okay I'll, I'll come back to the game later where like yes yeah, a game like Super Meat Boy I was just like level after level I just kept playing and kept playing but yeah that just I don't know why but it just kind of I I didn't really care for the art style of like the I wouldn't even call them cutscenes you know but they're just little like still frames after you beat a level and just like the little character oh, dialogue really? boxes like just oh. I, it just like I didn't. I, I don't Just even want to say that style, I didn't like I it, but I, not a style that I cared for. But also, I, I felt like it really kind of juxtaposed the style of the game. Like, I really like the really minimalist pixel style, like the non-detailed, you know, Madeline doesn't even have a, a, any detail to her face. You know, it's just right. like a block. And I kind of wish the game like stuck a little bit more to that look. Yeah, but I guess um, if, you know, if you're someone who values the story, like having a more, I don't know, detailed image, I don't know. It like yeah, reinforced is, it, it to me. It like brought it to life a little bit more when I saw rather the, than having the a faceless yeah yeah, block. yeah I I see what you're saying. And this is definitely just preference on my end, you know. Um, but just it, it definitely was a part of the game that I didn't personally care for. But like you said, I was able to kind of breeze through that and and uh, and I didn't for the most part. Like there was I remember one scene where there was just like with Theo just talking to him forever. Like <laughs> at the end of or is either at the very at the very start of a level or at the end. 
Um, but just so when like you're on like a lift or something, I and, think so. And yeah. it's just like dialogue after die. It was just insane. I was like, I'm not, <laughs> I just like, I'm never going to play this game again. He's a chatty guy. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's from Seattle. He's got some things to say, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I really love how this game, you know, continually builds, you know, Madeline has like this one basic move set that you can bait, you can jump and then you can dash into one of, you know, any of the eight directions and any of the octo directions. And, uh, but, uh, (laughs) but, uh, and that's basically it. You know, your hair turns from red to blue, I think when, uh, in midair, and then you, you can only replenish that by, uh, either landing on the ground or in midair. If you collect these like green gems or I I guess this wouldn't be in midair, but sometimes you can hit like a spring that's on the wall or something like that to like replenish your jump. Yeah, they introduce like a gimmick into each level and some of those let you replenish your jump like the red bubbles that you burst out. Oh, of and, yeah. Yeah, and Forgot they're never those. but I I love that they're always like level design gimmicks. They're never they're never like a new ability that Madeline gets. It's right. always like I mean they're it's just, I mean they are in a way, but but it's something in the environment like there's little pinball bumpers that like yeah. You have to hit at the perfect angle, like you have to hit them just directly side on to get like launched all the way across the screen to make it, you know, for the the toughest jumps or maybe to get that that strawberry that's floating over there that's uh, out of reach otherwise. Yeah, I prefer uh, when your controls are simple and it's the world around you that's built more cleverly. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I like I like I like getting new power ups and stuff in games uh, as well. But yeah, I, I definitely. Like, because you can get so familiar with the movement mechanics of the game, and then you know by the end of the game, I mean you're—I don't know—I like, but I mean after playing some of the B sides, and like I said, I went back and and played the chapter eight, the core, because uh, I didn't have enough crystal hearts. I think when I first got there, and we'll get to the crystal hearts in a minute. Oh, um, we'll but, get there. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, I didn't have enough. I think you had to have four crystal hearts to open this eighth level, and I think I only had three. Um, and these are just kind of hidden one in each level in the main game, at least. And uh, so I didn't play that eighth level until now. But after playing some B sides and some of these tougher strawberry challenges, I mean, I kind of just breezed through that eighth level. Not to say that it was tough or uh, not to say that it wasn't tough, but I kind of j- I felt like I just breezed through it because I'd been playing some of the tougher challenges in the game before that. Um, but for anyone who doesn't know, the, the B sides are like the harder versions of each level. And then the C sides are even harder versions where there's only like three screens worth of challenge but they're so hard that i wouldn't even want to attempt that i was watching dj play (laughs) a couple of them earlier he beat you beat one of them right yeah and then the other one you were pretty close too but man yeah it just oh was that what that clip was that was a seaside that was yeah oh boy just brutal because yeah like i said even the even the a sides are i mean just the main campaign they don't call them a sides but even just the main campaign is super, super tough at times. Um, I, I mean, just I think my death count. And again, I have played some of the B sides, but I think I'm at about like thirty five hundred deaths. Yeah, uh, it like keeps like a total tally on the main screen, which isn't even um, fair. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, but, you know, for whatever reason, it just it's another one of those that like you just you die and you immediately respawn and just keep trying it again. And there's something about like the challenge of like you just keep perfecting like you might have this string of challenges that like you know you're you're struggling with the first hurdle or the second hurdle and then you get those down and like by the time you have the whole room figured out like you're just you're almost speed running you get that feeling like you're amazing at this game even though you know it may have taken you 
25 tries to get through there. It by the end you still somehow feel like you you did it on the first try somehow, you know. <laughs> um I mean you're still doing a lot of technically difficult stuff like a lot. quick reactions like Very even, even if you've got it memorized or whatever like it's still hard to pull off yeah and there are elements it's mostly kind of not not puzzle platformy but i mean it is like very like specifically planned challenges but there are occasionally like some sporadic enemies that are a little more um i don't know a little more free form to their like patterns that kind of chase you around or there's even like a mirror version of yourself that chases you around in one of the levels that just oh yeah mimics every one of your movements um and I did I did really like the way they incorporated not to get into another spoiler, but towards the end of the game for the final level, the the summit climb. Yeah, um, which was fantastic. Just the soundtrack during that and like just the, the feeling of that, like the game kind of shifts to it is all like one giant level. It's not like one, it's not a bunch of sets of screens or challenges. You're just you just keep climbing the mountain, essentially with the flags that kind of let you know your progress. Yeah, as you're, you're like yeah. Tw- you're at the twenty eight thousand meter mark, twenty seven thousand yeah. from, from the That's top. Really cool. I can't remember if it counts down or up, but yeah, just like felt super epic. And again, the music just fitting the fitting the challenge and whatnot. Um, I kind of forgot where I was going with that. So would you say that that final send was very climactic (laughs) (laughs) i would i I would and i i don't know exactly where i was going with that thought but yeah i mean i i I, that final ascent was just fantastic Um, it was but uh but i know we briefly touched on the uh the crystal hearts as well um oh i know what i was gonna say <laughs> I'll find a way to chop around that. Great. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say, like, I know I mentioned that I wasn't super I, I was totally sidetracking. This is why it was, it was not the point I was gonna make at all. But I I know I mentioned not being super into the story and how it dealt with like depression and stuff, but I did really like how incorporated um during that final ascent, how you uh you throughout the course of the game, like you have that mirror version of yourself who's referred to as battling throughout the game. Um, who yeah. you encounter like a couple times, never is like I don't think it's like a boss battle per se, but you encounter her a few times and it's just, you know, and I think Madeline will even refer to her like as like her dark self or something to that effect. Um, But during that last level, you finally like figure out how to work together with your depression. And then with that, when you decide or your depression or what the, you know, that's what this character essentially represents. Um, And I did like how that in turn allowed you a second dash midair so i did like how they kind of tied that into the story like hey you have to kind of like accept your depression and and or accept you know the the good and yeah, the, the bad and you. like yeah exactly and the part of you stronger yeah. exactly so i i thought that was kind of cool even though you know i, I was kind of bagging on the story earlier i thought that was kind of a nice touch to to bring it all together for the end you know it made it like there's a reason for this to be in this game i guess it didn't just oh, yeah. feel tacked on. Um, but uh, but I know we briefly touched on the uh, Crystal Hearts for a second. Mm. And, uh, you know, while, while the strawberries in this game are kind of like meticulously placed, sometimes kind of uh, hidden somewhat cheaply to me, you know, they're like, hey, there's no way I would have found this strawberry uh, if I didn't look it up. But uh, particularly with the Crystal Hearts, I feel that way uh, yeah. big time, both for not only locating them in some cases, but locating them and then figuring out like some of these crystal hearts i don't know have you found a bunch of them randall no i think i legit got one 
I want to say. Yeah, I think I got, I think, two or three on my initial playthrough. Yeah. What about you, DJ? I think I got one legitimately and looked up the rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even on the very first level, like, so for example, not to spoil this for anyone, but just for a fair warning, um, this game is, hey, that's about a year old or more now, so. Um, but uh, you find this satellite, which is already relatively tough to find. Like, you got to find a couple hidden jumps and, like, through, I think you even have to kind of go through a hidden like block almost like Yoshi's Island style where you go through like an invisible wall. Nice. Um, but you can, it's telegraphed a little bit. Um, but then you find this satellite and it's like flashing a few different colors. And then there's like these birds flying around it in a cluster that are all different colors. And then they like occasionally just like they cluster in the middle and then they like spread out in like kind Octo of directional. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Go. Like either up, down, left, right, or any of the diagonals. And then, <laughs> You have to look at the pattern of the uh, satellite, the color, like the order of the colors, and then correspond that to the directions that the birds are flying in, and then dash in those directions in that order to get the crystal heart. So Jeez. not only do you have to find this hidden thing, like it's, it's just so obtuse. And then there's a later level that you have to not only remember that from earlier, but or have it written down or whatever. And then have to like reverse the pattern and do it in like four different ways. It's it's crazy. Like there's no way. And like um, another one of the crystal hearts, you had to you find this like white uh, block that's very reminiscent of the white block in Mario Three that you can just duck down and then fall behind in like the uh, second or third level. But okay. if you've never played Mario Three, you you would have no idea. You know, other than this <laughs> this block looks super out of place in this game, so something's oh, up that's here. That's kind of cool, though. That's kind of but a cool callback, but yeah, it's, it's very obtuse. Yeah, so in and well, especially considering that some of this game is locked off by collecting those yeah. crystal hearts. You know, to, oh, yeah. to get to that core, that eighth level, you have to have at least four of these crystal hearts. Um, which again, you can collect crystal hearts from what if you find the B sides, which you also have to find, which are hidden within the levels. You find a hidden cassette tape, which uh, unlocks the B side. Right. But once you find that, um, if you just complete the B side, you gain a crystal heart from that. So that's like a like even a, though they're tougher, it's a different harder. It's like a regular heart. But they they but count. They're red crystal hearts, yeah. but they do count towards that same counter. And they're they're tougher challenges, but they're not. They're at least like, you know what you have to do, you know? Yeah, I I was a little upset as well by the, I guess, the secrets of the game. Like, you know, they weren't the most intuitive, especially like the one that upset me the most was. Uh, so I guess one thing um, that this game does is if you uh, as you switch between screens, if you move from one screen to the other, if even if you were mid air when transitioning from one screen to the other and like you were out of your dash just by, you know, transitioning to the next screen while you're still in the air, you get your dash back and they do a puzzle that oh, is based around exploiting that. So you're <laughs> supposed to like bounce back between these two screens and basically like keep ascending. Wow. Using that mechanic. And it's like. It wasn't a thing that I had even noticed was uh, like a, a function in the game that like, oh, you get a dash back when that happens because they never like put you in a position where like 
that's needed. Yeah, right? usually, I mean, you're just running through like a tiny doorway or a hallway to yeah. transition to the next screen in most cases. So, yeah, you're never even thinking to try that. No. So, yeah, just kind of a little bit of a bummer, especially when most of the, you know, most of these challenges, these strawberries that are hidden throughout the levels and stuff are really, you know, for the, again, a few of them will be hidden and, and, in kind of to me unintuitive places but for the most part they're either like cleverly hidden or they just require you to complete like a some tougher platforming right. challenges right. which uh which i really appreciate you know i really like when the mario games lean towards like these golden coins are the three coins in every level are again just meticulously placed not hidden behind invisible walls and i just have to comb the levels you know i want to i want to feel i don't want to feel like i'm just I don't know, just yeah, combing the levels for for garbage. You know, Wait, I want to be saying like Mario doesn't put them in hidden walls. No, I no, they do. Yeah, oh, okay, some okay. some of the Mario games don't or are less. Uh, I don't know, less egregious offenders in that regard, but yeah, they're they're kind of guilty of that, and I, I like to be challenged by them. That's why I like the Mario New Super Mario Wii the best because out of all those New Super Mario Brothers games, because I feel like they're more the coins are just challenge. They're placed for challenges and not for exploratory purposes. I, st- I still prefer you, New Super Mario Brothers. You, but interesting. I, I like the world map. That definitely almost wins me over. And it, you know, the HD looks a little nicer. But yeah. I think the I think the level design for what I recall, it's been forever since I played it. But I recall liking the Wii one a lot, and I loved that Bowser battle. Yeah, at the end where he's like giant, and you're kind of yeah, that one's really the, cool. Yeah, that's one of the cooler 2D Bowser battles for sure. But I don't know. Did uh, either of you have anything more to say on Celeste? Not to end it on a on a negative note, because again, I, I did not expect to play this much of this game this week, um, and I ended up playing probably four or five hours at least. No, I, I jumped into Celeste because you guys were playing it just to reacclimate myself because I did beat this game kind of like DJ said around the time that it came out last year, which was kind of beginning of the year. So it's it been quite a while um i actually had to reinstall it and everything uh, <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> but then i started playing that first level and i'm like ooh, there's some strawberries and didn't bother to get because i only played through this level one time i'm like and i was just immediately having fun again and one thing worth mentioning is that to collect the strawberry you have to get your feet on like solid ground you can't just like clutch the side of a wall or whatever like you, if you don't land uh, in, in a way that doesn't kill you, you, you won't collect that, uh, that strawberry until that point where you land on solid ground again. So it's, it's, uh, can be you difficult can't just even kamikaze level. for it. No, yeah. you cannot. You will die over and over again if you try that. So you have to really like cerebrally think out your pathway to, to getting some of these strawberries, which like, oh man, this game's great. Yeah. I remember why I completed this game, at least saw credits on this game. Not, uh, not by no means hundred percented. Yeah. You'll yeah. And for, yeah, right. for, well, for what it's worth, you know, we've talked about how brutal this game can be, but, uh, but there is that great assist mode, which uh, I personally did not use, but definitely it's cool there. that they offer that, you know, you yeah. can, you can slow the game down to, I think as slow as 50% speed, maybe, maybe even slower than that, but as slow as 50% speed, I think you can do like unlimited dashes. I think you can just straight up turn on invincibility. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you can really, and, and tweak those things as you see fit, you know, so you can say, you know what, I wish I just had two dashes. If I just had two dashes, I think I could do all these challenges, you know? Right. Okay. So the, the one complaint I have about assist mode is that like, 
I was just curious what it was. And so like I switched over to that and saw, okay, these are the things you can do. Switch back, but on my file forever now. There's, a, oh, there's no. an assist mode stamp. Yeah, it just puts like a big fat stamp right <laughs> in the background. But it's, That's I mean, fair. it's no big deal, but it's just literally for personal purposes. But I know what you mean. That would bother me too. Ugh. Oh, yeah. I'd just be like, oh, come on, man. I got to start. I got to beat this game again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I feel like we've been talking about uh, Celeste for a minute. Did, uh, did either of you have anything else to add to that or? Just I expect both of you to, you know, complete the B sides and the C sides, and uh, we'll return to this when the DLC comes out. I imagine. Yeah, I'm excited for Chapter Nine for sure, especially that it's was unexpected until I we heard about it just now. For free. So, so yeah, but uh, but not to smoothly transition necessarily, we but don't since want to uh, transition, we can't. <laughs> since that's we what we do. How. That's what we do here. So we do here at Pursuing Pixels, but uh, today we're going to be pursuing some pinball. And, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> even though, uh, yeah, that will just go from there. I've pursued a lot of pinball. It's true. <laughs> uh, so my pinball origin story, well, I don't know about origin stories. My, my origin story to this story uh, comes from Pinball Hall of Fame, the Williams Collection on a Wii, which uh, I bought back in the day in 2008 when it released. Um, the fuck is the Williams Collection? <laughs> <laughs> the Williams Collection. So, all right. So to get real nerdy. So there's different manufacturers, developers of pinball machines. And one of the biggest names in pinball is Williams. So Williams really ruled the, especially the eighties and nineties, I would say for, for do they have any like super famous, like any main, like famous cabinets, uh, like, uh, fun house, uh, black Knight, um, Pinbot, taxi. These are all kind of original creations. I was going to say, so not licensed stuff. This is like their own stuff. Yeah. There are some licensed machines um, like there's there's been tons of pinball licensed games like uh, anything you could think of. Honestly, like there's a Terminator machine and Star Trek machine and um, like Adam's family, uh, another super famous Williams one. Um, but yeah, especially in the 80s and 90s, they just kind of ruled. They They ruled that environment. They had the best pinball machines as far as i was concerned too um playing this collection so the one on wii uh only has like a handful of tables i think 10 total um but really some of the best highlights of that era and what really stands out even this even though the wii couldn't output hd like it looks great and this uh developer farsight studios just nails 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 the feel just like the physical tactile feel of pinball in a video game environment, which is not an easy thing to do. Um, certainly video game pinball has been around since geez forever, at least, at least the NES, uh, time period, uh, with varying results. But, uh, to get to a point where it feels that like legit, like you could play these games, uh, digitally, and become familiarized with how the, like the ball just hits off of certain you know plungers and uh, flippers or whatever, and and get that same experience by like going to the bar and and having that machine there and playing it. So uh, it's really high quality stuff. Have you guys ever played this specific game? 
not not the Williams collection, unless potentially we maybe played it at your old apartment back Possibly. in the day, Randall. But yeah. I, I don't know. But I, I definitely remember like seeing it on the shelves when we worked at Best Buy. Oh yeah. But uh, but uh, and it te- and being you know this was I think a budget title for I like twenty bucks or something. Yeah, I think it was like t- um, twenty maybe twenty thirty bucks. Yeah. yeah. So Which definitely something that I picked it up. Yeah, definitely something that kind of piqued my interest. Is like I I, I do tend to like these like. I can get sucked into something that's just kind of like pick up and play high score chasing, you know, just trying to beat my own scores. And especially I'm I'm sure the Wii game doesn't have this. But if there's some kind of leaderboard, not right. that I'm trying to be number one, but just to see if I can climb a little bit. Totally. Um, that's always pretty, pretty fun for me. But I don't think I've played this specific game, though. I have played some of these Williams tables that you've mentioned, you know, nice. at, at various arcade bars, you know, and stuff in in person. Nice. Barcades, I should say. Barcades, yes. <laughs> yeah, this would be a, a whole new genre for me. I mean, I guess I, I have played Pokemon Pinball on Ooh, Game Boy, but that is go. the extent of my video game pinball experience. I think that's supposed to be a pretty good one, too. I actually have not played Pokemon Pinball. It's really fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Game Boy Well, Color. Pinball pinball is just hard. It is hard. It is, game- it's definitely was classified as gambling for uh, many, many moons. Uh, really? Really? Yeah. Um, huh. the last thing I'll say about the Wii version though, in specific that both my wife, Tina and I loved is that because the Wii controls are the Wii remote and the nunchuck that you hold separate, you could kind of separate your hands a la like you were holding onto a pinball table. If that makes any sense, you didn't yeah, have to have yeah. your hands right next to each other. Like you're holding a regular controller. And for whatever reason, with the way that they set up and map the controls, it really felt natural to, like, use the triggers as if it were the two, like, flippers, the flipper buttons. Uh, it just felt really good. Is there a reason you busted out the Wii, to, or was it just to play this game with that control setup? Yeah, I mean, this is this is just, like, the way that I played that original game um, and what allowed me to, like, follow along uh, when the pinball arcade kind of launched from there into a platform on the next generation of consoles in 2012, starting with, uh, it's like, uh, I think 360 and, um, PlayStation three and Vita. Uh, it was even on like Ouya and stuff and then extended on to PlayStation four and, and Xbox one. Um, originally back in the day, I was desperately hoping and waiting for them to release this on wii u they had announced uh that they were going to release it on wii u um and then it took years and years it actually finally released in 2016 but it was missing features um so i didn't end up buying it on that platform which is a bummer and as we know the wii u is basically dead at that point anyway (laughs) (laughs) all of us being uh loving wii u owners but yeah it had had some issues um (laughs) But all that being said, I was already like, like Pinball Arcade was was massively on my radar because it's the same developer. It's basically just taking what they had built on on the Wii and, and opening it up to more tables and just kind of an ongoing like platform that they could add DLC pinball tables to over time. Right. Uh, and generally in like three or four packs. So I uh, didn't buy it on Wii U, uh, but I was following it eagerly for a Switch release because I thought, eh, I mean, I could get it on PS4 or Xbox One and it would look great, but I love to have stuff on Switch where I can just, you know, take it on the go or maybe I could do that split Joy-Cons thing, kind of like I was talking with the Wii controls. Yeah, like, That'd yeah. be kind of cool too, right? So uh, it finally came out on Switch. Uh, I downloaded it and I... Uh, on day one and and bought a few of the dlc packs 
Um, little did I know until about a week later, they had pulled it back off of the eShop like entirely. And I managed to buy these tables in like a less than 24 hour window when it was available on Switch. Huh. Yeah. Do you know why they pulled them down? Or uh, I think it was licensing rights um, for the Williams and Bally uh, pinball machines. Um, okay. Where maybe they didn't talk to the right lawyers ahead of time <laughs> to see what what their rights were to release on the new platform. Because uh, I think they were already in the in the process of potentially losing access to the rights to these tables. Um, okay. So. Uh, you know, I, I was glad to have grabbed it at the time, although I felt bummed that I didn't spend more money because I, I was like, ah, should I get pack three or not? Eh, it has these, <laughs> you know, I kind of like this stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'll wait a couple of days and play these ones that I already bought. And like, son of a bitch. Like, that was my window. I should have just sprung for more. But, you know, it's easy to to look back and think that. Yeah, but, well, at uh, least you at least you snagged it. How many tables do you have? Geez. Like total. Yeah, it's a bunch. I didn't count them, but I boy, I, I probably have like thirty or forty on that oh, Switch damn. version. So still, like I, you know, I'm I'm whining about it that I didn't get more, but yeah, I, I got a pretty good <laughs> cross selection of of uh, tables to play from, and it's got the the Tate mode stuff in the Switch version, which is really cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, go didn't vertical. Even think about that. Though, it, unfortunately, in the pinball arcade, it only Tate modes in one orientation and not both. So when you put it in the flip grip, the, the switch, it, it kind of anticipates like a certain vertical mode. And when you do that with the pinball arcade, it's upside down because you gotcha. can't put the flip grip. You can't put the switch in the flip grip both ways. Right. So it has to it only clicks in in one direction. Gotcha. So, Unfortunately, they have not patched that in. Um, the pinball arcade still exists, but now that it's lost those Bally and Williams tables, it's kind of a shell of its former self. Uh, it only has these Gottlieb uh, tables, which Gottlieb was more of a big deal in like the 70s and 80s. So they're a little bit more simple, I guess, as pinball machines. And there's still some fun to be had there, but they're not top tier. So uh, it's a little disappointing, but uh I'll carry that over to uh, uh, Stern. So this Farsight Studios also made this Stern pinball arcade, which is just uh, another uh, developer manufacturer of pinball machines, Stern, which still makes pinball machines to this day. Um, and a lot of modern barcades, if they have pinball machines, they'll probably have Stern ones because they're easier to get a hold of. And they'll have kind of newer licenses like, say, The Walking Dead or I was like, gonna say I've seen like Stranger Things yep. and stuff like that. Yep, you you have a couple different modern manufacturers, and there's there's Stern and Jersey Jack are kind of the big ones these days. Um, but those pinball machines still aren't cheap. You're talking like seven k to get started in one of those suckers. Jeez, Damn. a lot of times more for special editions, but that's a whole different digression. <laughs> uh, but they hey, you didn't know you're getting a history lesson here on uh, there pinball you go. machines today. Pursuing pinball, so. <laughs> <laughs> so the the stern pinball arcade was another release like separate from the regular pinball arcade that also was on switch they made a physical version uh, i bought it clearanced out at gamestop just so i could have those those ones forever so that's another set of 10 um there's a modern uh star trek one based on the the relaunch movies that came out boy at least five years at this point 
uh, however long ago that was. Kevin, you're a big you're ta- Star Trek. Yeah, J- you're talking about the J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Actually, I actually haven't seen any of those. But oh, I really? Know, yeah, that, that might be even a decade now, to be honest. It might be, yeah. It's, it was a while ago. Um, but yeah. that, that's actually a pretty good pinball machine. But yeah, uh, glad to to own that. It's got all the same Tate mode, same controls, um, same positives. But finally, the last pinball game I'll talk about and where those Bally and Williams licenses went to was uh, uh, FX, uh, Pinball FX3. So by Zen Studios. So Pinball FX has been around for a long time since by like... 360 days or prior uh and they've generally been more of the less less kind of um hardcore like simulation pinball and more kind of like arcadey video gamey pinball um like a, a lot of other kind of retro pinball stuff where you're getting a lot of like the graphical effects and stuff that you would never be able to do with an actual pinball machine right where stuff's kind okay. of popping out of the table and all kinds of zany effects are happening. Um, but so recently they got the Williams and Bally license and they've started to release Williams packs, these three packs. And to, in order to cater to weird fans like me, they've allowed for like a classic mode where you can turn off all the special graphical effects and just play a version that feels like the actual pinball machine. And they've done a pretty good job. I think I still prefer the feel uh, and the physics of the pinball arcade versus uh, pinball FX three. Um, but I'll say that pinball FX three has come a long way that way. And uh, I'm glad that they're putting out these, these new t- table packs so that it's not uh, a completely lost thing. So uh, more to talk about there. They're still releasing new packs uh, to this day. So as that stuff comes out, I might update y'all. Yeah, I'm definitely, you know, like I said, I, I like chasing those high scores. So, and that's I'm, actually I'm definitely yeah specifically in pinball fx3 that the leaderboard stuff is really good um they've got like friend leaderboards and then global leaderboards and and a lot of like um a, a lot of ui stuff that you can change and everything else so it's it's much more of like a modern interface than the, the pinball arcade stuff was and what's like the what's like the entry point on like the base game and then like not not it don't need to be like right on the money but like how much are these packs for like a couple tables are you so talking nice like part ten about, bucks or yeah yeah ten bucks for like a three or four pack of pinball machines and specifically with like pinball FX three um, you can play it either with all those graphical effects on or with just like the simulation mode if you're talking about the Williams machines and those are completely different experiences as far as I'm concerned um, so okay. you're talking about different versions of it plus all the leaderboard stuff. Um, and either one of those games, pinball arcade or pinball FX three, you can download for free. And generally it comes with one free machine. I think with, uh, pinball FX three, it comes with, um, what is it? Uh, fish tales, which is a pretty good Williams machine. So it's kind of worth it just for a free download that way to see if it's something you'd be into. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely worth checking out. There's a ton for what it's worth. There's quite a few free games on the switch these days. I yeah. know there's that DC universe online comes out like tomorrow or in a couple days. Yeah. Um, from when we're recording anyways. And, uh, yeah, there's a, just a ton, you know, on top of just Fortnite and, you know, the, the super popular free stuff. Yeah. A there's lot more than of, you'd think, honestly. Yeah. And, and nice to like, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's essentially a demo basically, but Hey, yeah. If you're like, Hey, this feels pretty, pretty spot on to the, pinball mechanics like you said that that is tough to nail you know yeah. i've had fun playing some very video you know i used to play a uh, metroid prime pinball oh, all the time which 
has has some good, somewhat realistic feel to it, but you also sometimes just break out of your morph ball and start yeah. mowing down enemies. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it definitely doesn't feel like a real pinball game. It's a good but, game, uh, though, generally speaking. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Yeah, I, think that's I, example, I really like that game. Yeah, video game pinball uh, with that kind of merges both a traditional pinball feel and like the video game elements in a pretty yeah, good Yeah, I was going to say, I really like how they like utilize the different, you know, input mechanics you have or different, in, different inputs you have to like let you do more than just move some flippers, you know? Right. So. Yeah. And I'll say in, in all these pinball games I talked about, the the menu and UI stuff is pretty is pretty rough in different ways. But <laughs> once you get through and get to the actual pinball games, it's there's a lot of fun to be had. OK, nice. Well, uh, you feel good to wrap it up there? Totally. Cool. What have you uh, what else have you been playing this week, DJ? Uh, well, we talked about it a little bit last week, but I've been plowing through Duke of Defense which is a you know, tower defense game that was on sale in the eShop. I don't know if it's still on sale, but... I think like, we all grabbed it, right? Yeah, oh, like yeah. Three bucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I think we gave it some pretty high praise from like the, you know, maybe hour or so that we spent on it. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd say that yeah, I, I did beat the game and it was maybe Dang. like five hours-ish total okay. um, that I put in. Um, but you know, I was very, very, uh, similar to, um, Randall, how you're saying when you would, uh, you know, be thinking about certain games when you're not playing them. That was kind of my experience with Duke of Defense. Oh boy. I just picture like a bunch of like ogres, you know, going down this pass to my castle and me trying (laughs) to just mow them down with my towers. Right. Um, Going down my sidewalk, just picturing it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah, I think we were touching on like, we really enjoyed the soundtrack to this, uh, game and it carries throughout. Soundtrack is just like, man, that that first intro, like menu music is just wow. It's, it's a banger. Kicking. Yeah. It's a yeah. banger. Yeah. And does it does it keep up? I know we mentioned last oh, week, yeah. like every level had a new song. <laughs> it it like, keeps up. I You know, I don't remember. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure each level has a unique track, um, but. But enough variety to where you weren't yeah. like, oh, this song again. And definitely there are like different like, you know types of areas like you know we were doing like these foresty ones like there's you know eventually you go to like these ice levels and those are totally different and uh then there's like a a desert area so like you know the the music is you know a little bit tailored towards each section so there's definitely a lot of variety um i guess you know i don't know what how you felt as you know as we were playing originally or how you've been going about it now, but I do wish it was maybe a little more difficult. Um, I almost feel like I can just build the most basic towers. And as long as I upgrade them and, you know, I'm just diligent about collecting coins. It's, I didn't have too much difficulty, like planning things out until like the later levels, like, it does ramp up at the end and you just get like overwhelmed. Um, and like, that was kind of cool. I just wish I had felt that more throughout. Uh, what have you guys felt with your limited experience so far? I've, I only played that, that day with when you and I played before we gotcha. recorded the last episode. Um, and I did, you know, I, I remember feeling like it was 
relatively easy, but then I remember watching you play that one level after you and I played and thinking like, oh, that this looks way tougher with only one person. So, yeah, yeah, um, I, I started I that was the only thought I had in that regard was just like, oh, it looks like it'd be a lot tougher playing by yourself. But yeah, there's definitely a real dilemma where it's like, do I upgrade my tower or like am I going to try running after all these coins from these dead enemies because right. like, you don't just automatically get the money. You also have to collect it. Right. Uh, and and try to like slash at things as they get too close to your yeah, home base yeah. and you're like, no, 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 stop. <laughs> I don't don't take away my more of my hearts. And right. I definitely started feeling that way more and more. I only made it through, I think, the second like world of three levels or whatever uh, in it. time for the pod. But even then there was there was some some swarms some waves that got through in in decent part i'm like son of a gun like feeling a little frantic and trying to figure out like what my best course of action is here and i mean i I managed to complete those levels but i did not perfect them right and i did appreciate how they introduced enemies who were like you know weak to certain things or more resistant to certain towers like you know there are these um there there's some ogres in like a lot of armor and like bombs don't really do much to them but like the arrow towers are what really are able to get to them or right vice versa like there are some skeleton enemies where like arrows don't do shit to them and you gotta bomb the hell out of yeah them. um so you know there 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 are elements that they introduce but i i never really felt truly like oh i need to like restart this level until the end um and that's not like a statement on me being good. It's just, <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I don't know Come about on, that. Man, DJ. Shut up. <laughs> but I, like, uh, sorry, were you perfecting these levels? No, like no, no damage. No, no, so no, do no. you, do you think the difficulty maybe comes from that? Just like, okay, I'm going to beat this level without taking any damage to my castle. Cause that's how I yeah. usually and, interpret these games, you and, know? And you know, I didn't realize until after that, like, you know, the, the percentage that they give you, like you've gone this percentage through the game, like that, also takes into account how many levels you have like gone without getting damaged so you know even though i've like beaten all the levels yeah i'm still at like 91 percent or something because i haven't been perfecting them and you know the idea of doing that sounds really difficult because it's really frustrating there's, <laughs> there's some levels where like the first wave it's just like I, i'll just go about being like okay like i'll take a few hits but i'll like upgrade these towers to make them really powerful so that like the later waves will be easy but like if right. i have to make sure nothing gets by yeah it does seem like there's some of them that maybe like that first wave like because you have a limited amount of coins right at the beginning or whatever you haven't killed any enemies to collect more you can it's almost like maybe there's like one or two specific solutions like that if you don't put an arrow tower right here right you won't have a chance right right on this curve or whatever and then start slashing at guys as they come through that curve and don't die or whatever right yeah so i i do feel like maybe there's a little bit of that but yeah yeah i've been wondering if um it would be a good idea or not to like you know have the 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 enemies be randomized i guess like because they do definitely have like a set loadout per level like you know in this wave you'll get this many of this and they'll come at this time I, I wonder if it would work well to have somewhat random like so you just have to be prepared for anything or if like these levels are too based around like you knowing what you need to prepare for at certain points i don't know it was just it feels like that could be a cool mode even if it is like preset generally 
I'd be curious to play a mode like that where it is just totally randomized, especially if you like know the game language of the game completely. You you've got all the towers unlocked. I'd like to play something like that where it is randomized. Yeah, because this game is still even though they're randomizing it like they still give you or if they were to randomize it, they still above at the top of the screen. We mentioned last week, give you like a bar that bar that is saying like this is what's coming in the next wave. So you could still see what's coming in the next wave but like the dj's more talking about like i think we're talking about playing a level over and over again and like if you you know if you were to die like it's going to be the same the first second wave third wave fourth wave it's always the same so it's essentially you can just keep hacking away at it until you figure out the solution yeah i guess it's it's you know maybe just an an ego thing where it's just like (laughs) i don't feel like i've really like mastered a game until like you you take the memorization aspect out of it and you're just good in like whatever scenario is thrown at you. Right. But maybe I just need to get the fuck over that. (laughs) (laughs) I will say I I struggled a little bit with some of the UI stuff in, in this game too, Duke of defense where it was sometimes it was a little hard for me to tell when I could put a new tower in or like sometimes it was a little hard for me to tell because it was really small, like how far along an upgrade is on a certain tower that I'm standing on or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I or, felt like some of that stuff could be a little cleaner. Yeah. Or, or a way to see just like what have I already upgraded on this tower? Yeah. Like, yeah, you typically pick one of two paths, but you can't see like, oh, I've upgraded the strength twice. Right. And right. the distance once, you know, you can't double check that. And yeah, I think we mentioned last week too, like no matter what, like player one, player two, like your UI pops up on your side of the screen, no matter where your character's at. So yeah, that's sort of odd as well. So I think a little, little bit of lacking on the polish in some small regards, but still, still shines in a lot of others to me. Totally. Yeah. Uh, just another small thing is like you, you had a pretty good idea. It's like if, you know, you want to improve the range. It'd be nice if they kind of showed you where the range would be expanded to if you wanted that. Like, so I don't know. Yeah, I guess it doesn't ways do that, for, does it? Or no. even even with the strength, you know, let you know, is it 20 percent stronger? Yeah. Is it double strength? Is it, you know, right. Yeah. And like, you know, some of the towers have like slowing effects and it's like does improving the strength also improve the efficacy of yeah. you know those yeah, or does it affect every single enemy? Does it slow them all down if it hits them, or does it only is it a chance thing? Or right, uh, you know. I mean, I'd say these are somewhat nitpicky and don't reflect, you know, the enjoyment overall that we have. Yeah, I mean, this. you played through the game, so oh, yeah. and, and I intend to definitely play more of this. But oh, you know, yeah. I only played a the little bit we played together. But yeah, I definitely intend to play some more on my own. So I'm glad more tower defense games are still being made. That's for sure. Yeah, they're fun. For sure. And especially, to, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I need to play a lot more because I think my only experience with those have been like the custom games that people would make for Warcraft 3. Those, oh, those yeah. Win- <laughs> winter mall maps. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, to touch on what you were talking about with the procedurally generated stuff, DJ, and I, I definitely agree with you on that front. I've still been playing a bunch of Eagle Island uh this week it's another it has like that small i've talked about it a couple previous weeks and it's got that somewhat of a metroidvania overworld map that you like I, now that i've played a little bit more i've almost had like two moments that have seemed like they could have been an ending to a game like i knew i wasn't at the end based on like all the the monster logs and stuff like that but uh 
But like as the game has opened up, I like the overworld has expanded even more than I realized. And like I'm getting new abilities. So at first, I think I've mentioned before, like you, you have your little owl that flies around that you can throw and attack with. And uh, I've had a few different like feathers that I've collected. So now I can shoot like a bomb feather or a bomb. My owl like will explode when it attacks or um, one that will like kind of chain and combo through enemies or one that will freeze enemies. But now that I'm beating more levels, I'm actually unlocking new abilities for my character. So now I have like a double jump or uh, I can swim underwater, which I think I mentioned before in a previous episode. Like there's sometimes like chests underwater that I can't get to. So now I can get to those. Nice. Um, and I think there was one more. Oh, yeah, I can do like a charge shot just like with my regular owl, but I can hold it down and like break through certain walls now. And it's not really like the levels, you know, again, they're all procedure generated and all all these new abilities are doing is like expanding the the level design possibilities of the game. You know, it still feels pretty much the same to play. Um in in a lot of ways but it but even though it's opening up these new abilities to you but it's just opening up like new it, it's making the game not get stale you know where like by the time you know for me with a game like dead cells or something like that like after i mean by the time i'm even to the later levels in that game or the later stages in a run um it just starts getting a little bit redundant where yeah. like this is like as i keep plugging along and again like like each level in itself is almost like its own mini little roguelike game where it's like has like its own set of enemies and and environment and this and that and then you beat that level and then you get some new ability that lets you unlock the next area of the overworld which then leads you to the next level um and it's just i i've really just been enjoying the pacing of this game a ton you know it still has a little bit of some small technical issues like it'll stutter from time to time but it's it's never like caused me to die in the middle of a battle or anything like that and just right really well done pixel art great music more more atmospheric the sound design's really great like all the sound effects and the uh just little like ui uh effects and stuff like that i i just really am enjoying this game and still seems like there's a lot more you know it's like i kind of had even the last like little tease even though i knew i wasn't done i was like oh man am i I beating this game is like maybe all the rest of the stuff just like extra stuff and it was like oh no this this game just broke wide open oh, again for a second time so jeez. really really cool and especially for something that like I don't get out of a roguelite very often it's usually you know I, I did get a little bit and I know I've compared this game to Moonlighter a little bit and I and both in like graphical style and just overall presentation but even a little bit like you're getting invested because you're you're going on these runs but you're collecting things in, in Moonlighter And then you're collecting things from the dungeon to bring back and sell in your shop. So you feel like a little more connected to the world. And uh, I'm feeling kind of similarly in a a different way uh, or for different reasons, but feeling really connected to this world in Eagle Island where, you know, when I'm again, when I'm firing up dead cells, I'm just playing it to play it. I'm not I'm not playing it because I love being there. Right. Um, Or I and Eagle Island, like I'm I'm really sucked into this. I I don't know. I'm it's been a long time since I've really been like. Like you said, like you've both said now, I've I've been, I'm thinking about this game when I'm not playing it. So. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's really cool. How so. many hours do you think you're in so far at this point? Then I think I'm a little over eight. I'm about eight okay. and a half. Nice. Um. So and I would say each run like a level where I'm at now, like they're definitely starting to get a little bit longer. I'm on the I've beaten six levels and it looks like there's 10 total, I think maybe Jeez. maybe maybe 12 actually. levels are big then. Jeez. but they're they're pretty long. But but I mean, but I'm talking, though, these levels like each sometimes like level one i've maybe done like 30 runs of that right. level before i beat the level so like 
But the the level that itself probably takes between 10 to 20 minutes. Now, I'm getting closer to where they're probably taking closer to 20 minutes. They're like a little more convoluted. Right. You have to go like collect a key from one end of the map and bring it all the way back to the other end and and unlock a door, you know, and you can fast travel a little bit. Um, But yeah, just having a lot of fun, still playing a ton of this game and still going to keep playing more. And not just because I'm hooked, you know, there's there's just still more to this game. That's awesome. Pretty excited to keep digging in. I'm jealous. I need to buy that game. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it is a little bit on the steep side at 20 bucks. Uh, I wouldn't say I'd be mad if I paid 20 bucks for it, um, but I, I did buy it with one. I had like an Amazon $20 worth of credit, so I just bought it with that. Right. Um, so I essentially got it for what felt like free to me, even though I got that money from spending a bunch of money <laughs> at a shitty company. Rewards but, uh, cards, baby. <laughs> but yeah, but uh. But why don't we uh, why don't we throw the ball back in your court, Randall? Uh, not to uh, I got no transition here, but I know uh, you've been playing uh, a little bit of re- a little more retro stuff, although not of the uh, pinball variety. Yeah, so more more competitive puzzlers. I thought the audience would be interested in hearing more about competitive puzzlers. So <laughs> <laughs> pinball and competitive puzzlers. That's We're doing sweet. this for the audience. Yeah, for the audience. <laughs> Your number one shop for uh, these type of niche products. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to talk about Pokemon Puzzle League, which Let's came out go. on Nintendo 64. Um, that is still a, like our big time go-to for my wife and I. And the reason I'm talking about it now, besides the fact that I've talked about other competitive puzzlers, uh, specifically back on episode seven, um, we, we referenced Bust and Move 4 and Puzzle Fighter and why those games are incredible. And, and I specifically said in that episode that I thought those were two of like my favorite competitive puzzlers of all time. And what I didn't mention was that Pokemon Puzzle League is also in that tier for me. Um, it is, it's on that level. And, uh, I just recently bought a house. So I've been kind of pulling stuff out of boxes and setting some stuff up. And, and I finally started setting up some of my retro stuff. Um, I actually bought, uh, this fairly, uh, fairly expensive, um, Nintendo 64 HDMI adapter, um, from retro bit that, uh, it was like the only way I could find to, to hook stuff up with my current setup without modding the system, which I didn't necessarily want to do, (laughs) Um, but it works. Uh, and it allowed us to play Pokemon puzzle league this weekend, which we were immediately right back in the groove, uh, with doing and gosh, I love this game guys. So, uh, I'll say historically, this is not the only game of its style, this puzzle league. Um, the, it came out on Super Nintendo as Tetris Attack. And I know, Kevin, you've got some experience with that version of this game. Yeah, I played the only Puzzle League. Yeah, the only Pokemon Puzzle League I've ever played was at your place. This one I That's played for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, and actually, yeah, at, in Seattle and back in Michigan way back in the day. But that's yeah. only that limited experience. But yeah, I played a lot of Tetris Attack and a little bit of Planet Puzzle League on the DS as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And that's a decent what about version you, of that too. I, I'm pretty inexperienced with the puzzle games. I'm sorry. Are you familiar <laughs> with this game at all? Like, it's like... No, I was going to ask how they incorporate, like, Pokemon themes into the gameplay. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> That's not true, Kevin. Okay, well, let, lay it on me. I, I didn't realize they did. Into the gameplay. It's not... Well, it's gameplay in that you're having so much fun playing the game. Because <laughs> 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 the sound effects oh. from the Pokemon... 
just go on and on and on. Where <laughs> you're hearing right, you go right, you right, you every time you hit a combo, which okay. happens once every like six or seven seconds. So that's always really good. <laughs> or you're you're hearing uh, you you pick a Pokemon trainer as your avatar in in this versus mode, and there's probably like so it's based on the Pokemon TV series that was like all of the rage from about nineteen what nineteen ninety eight through I don't know two thousand. Are they still making it? They're probably still doing it, but yeah, this is based on like that original like Pokemon Mega Craze in the TV show that was spawned from it. Um, and they got this game out in the year 2000, which is pretty good because it was definitely uh, Pokemon had some heat on it at that point, let's say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you pick your Pokemon trainer one out of the, there's probably at least 15 in that selection screen, just like a fighting game. And then you have a selection, a sub selection of three Pokemon that are tied to that trainer. So Ash has like Pikachu, Bulbasaur and Squirtle, just like the three starters or whatever, but other trainers might have different Pokemon. Um, and yeah, so you, you play a versus round. There's also a single player game, but the meat of this is the versus against somebody else where you pick your favorite Pokemon, whether it's Raichu or Dugong or whatever dumb Pokemon makes the dumbest noise <laughs> when you're smashing on your Dugong opponent. is very obscure. <laughs> <laughs> he makes some super awesome dumb noises, though. That's um, true. <laughs> uh, and, and your trainers, especially some of the gym trainers, will say stuff like, too good for you? I knew it. Or like, keep on trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you gotta love those puzzle game barks you oh gotta yeah love them. work harder young one or like that there's like all kinds of like and you just hear that over and over again uh, along with yeah. the pokemon barks and it's yeah just that cacophony of just, yeah yeah god so the pokemon you've got really doesn't have any effect oh it has plenty aside. of effect dj <laughs> You're not hearing me. Here. I mean, are, are they doubting you after? Do they do they affect anything at all? Like in regards, to like if you have a water Pokemon, are you getting more blue bricks no, to break or anything not. like that? That would okay. be cool, but no, it does not work that way in my experience. No, so both both players kind of start with the same board uh, of of like preset tiles of the different like Pokemon symbols or whatever, and ultimately your your goal is to match. Technically, if you match three on a board by like switching these pieces, it erases those and it and kind of falls like the blocks above it fall down. So, yeah, I guess we should mention like so instead of like that, I guess the majority of these puzzle games, the bricks are falling from the top. Right. This is like you have your set grid and it keeps like rising. Yes. From the bottom. Yes. And then you're controlling like a cursor that uh, highlights uh, two. two. Yep. I think two is it, it's always horizontally, right? Like yep. two side by side. You can't switch it to be vertical. Yep. Correct. Um, but yeah, so always horizontally, and then you literally just click A or whatever button, and then it just swaps those two tiles, and that's yep. all you can do. You can move that cursor around and swap tiles. Yep. Uh, and then you can make combos of. I think the highest combo you can get is a five, right? If, of a single line mechanics. is five, but the the next level of mechanics beyond that are when you've made you know uh, three to five uh, out of a line, either horizontally or vertically, that which causes a drop of the things that were above that. And then if there's a three or more, it starts uh, a one x combo. And then if it does it again based on things that drop, 
it's a two X combo. And then the Pokemon are getting more and more hype, which causes (laughs) (laughs) correct, which causes a drop onto your enemy of garbage onto the top of them. And if their garbage, uh, at the top of the screen reaches a certain point, they lose. So they, they have to frantically clear stuff and try to get stuff back onto you to keep the game going. And these matches, these rounds only typically last a couple of minutes. Um, sometimes a lot less if someone's really just snowballing somebody else or sometimes more into three minutes on if it's an epic match. But yeah, they're really not that long. It's always a, all right, one more, let's go. That's just the vibe of this game. And I love it so much. Yeah. Sound of a great game. Well, one other thing I remember, and maybe, maybe you can touch on this real quick, Randall, because I I may just be misremembering it, but I remember there being like a 3D mode or like a spherical mode. mode. Like, so it's not just that set, you know, four by, or, you know, five column grid or however many columns there are. It's a Nintendo 64 game. Yeah. So by law, they gotta have a 3D mode. Yeah. So, yeah. so they, they shoehorned in a 3D mode that chugs like crazy. Like the, the 64 cannot keep up with this mode, especially when you start doing a multi-tier combo. Uh, it just like yeah. slows down. Or multiplayer. Yeah, or two-player. Yeah. yeah, then it starts. I think it's like does not run at full res or full frame rate immediately in two-player mode. But then if both players are starting to hit some combos, it starts chugging bad. Yeah. Um, and it's just not as it's not as exacting or as fun. Like the immediate feedback loop is not there in the 3D mode because you can't see the whole play field at the same time. You're kind of rotating this like 3D. I don't even know how to describe it. Like it's it's almost like a wheel that you're viewing sideways that can like turn effectively with like puzzle pieces on it. So you can never yeah. see the whole thing at once. You can't like plan. I mean, to some degree you can, and I'm sure there's pro level players of some degree who can, who can, but yeah, yeah, like you said, you can set up these chain combos and it's a way more difficult to do when you're managing this whole sphere. Yes. From what I recall. Yeah. The 2d mode is a lot more fun, but the 3d mode is definitely there and something they promoted at the time. That's for sure. Yeah. Have, uh, have other games done a more successful version of the 3d? No, they pretty much dropped it because now that it wasn't on Nintendo 64, it wasn't a legal requirement. So they just (laughs) went back to 2D stuff. Um, And I think the most recent one was still, uh, yeah, the, uh, what is it? Puzzle League on DS. Yeah, that Planet Planet Puzzle Puzzle League, League. which went like out of print super fast. I remember it was like hard to, I never actually got a copy of it. Our buddy Milton, when we worked at Best Buy, had a copy. I've got a copy uh, too, man. I snapped that that up fast. I never never grabbed it and I had always regretted it. I think I either either had a demo or maybe I just borrowed it from one of you guys, but I just remember playing that and just being hooked on that game for a little while. Although I will say it it was almost a totally different experience because you were using the stylus to swap yeah. uh, tiles, which gave you just such a faster... I mean, it made, totally. it made the game way more frantic than... Even though this game can also... All versions of this game can get super frantic, but just the sense of c- control you had... Uh, I don't know. It definitely feels like a different experience. I think that was one of those ones that you held in kind of the book format too, right? Yeah, portrait mode yeah. or whatever, yeah. Although, like, that one was fun, but it, was, it just felt presentation-wise a bit sterile to me compared to how vibrant the Pokemon, like, presentation was for Pokemon Puzzle League. Yeah, and even Tetris Attack has that, like, Yoshi's yeah. kind of theme slapped onto it. Right. Which, God knows where the connections are between all that. 
but well, Tetris Nintendo and Yoshi and Nintendo. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I agree. Like almost it had a similar to like uh, Meteos, which is another great yeah. uh, DS puzzle game. But, yep. you know, they just had kind of a bland like it's just all about the colors and the bricks and, and that's it. It doesn't doesn't have a lot of sense of style in either of those games, really. Yep. Make Nintendo re-release Pokemon Puzzle League for Switch or make a sequel that allows for online play. Give me any version of Puzzle League and I'll be happy. Yeah, I don't know why they let it die. It's really good. Yeah, Yeah. that'd be an easy $10 download on the eShop or something. You know, if they're doing stuff like Tetris 99 and stuff like that, I mean, they should. I really hope they consider revisiting some of these. uh, That's true, actually. Franchises. With Tetris 99 being so successful, maybe that kind of open their eyes a little bit to open up like a, even if they had some kind of like competitive puzzler package or something. I mean, awesome. I, would love, I would love that. I'd be obviously I'd be super. Into that too. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, well, uh, all that being said, this is a, a top three competitive puzzler for me and I will continue to play it all the time. Nice. Well, uh, speaking of, uh, continuing to play some games, why there don't you, go. uh, Fill us in on uh, Geralt's adventures, oh, DJ. <laughs> the never-ending story. Oh yeah, this is going to be many episodes of the podcast. That's it okay. Like. We want to. We want to know. We need to know. Well, it is, it's, he's. It's, uh, I think he's level twenty-two. He's 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 doing a lot better, you guys. Yeah, I think. Last time we talked about it, I was uh, struggling struggling a little bit combat-wise trying to get my footing but uh because all he was doing is playing card games the whole time yo <laughs> i'm still <laughs> a dream of gwent <laughs> oh man i actually had a really really sour experience oh, no. recently like there's a quest where like you go into this uh gwent tournament uh-huh. and uh one of the participants is just like oh yeah let's let's steal the money <laughs> and i was just like no and then uh <laughs> I got to the finals of the tournament, lost, like I do in every fucking card game. <laughs> and, uh, and then they're like, okay, well, like, this guy won, but the money got stolen. And it wasn't that person that talked to you, but she's like, oh, should we look for that money? <laughs> and I was just like, I, well, does she mean, like, steal it? So I said no, and I guess that, like, made me not be able to complete a quest. <laughs> And I was just like, well, fuck. And so, like, now I can't even collect, like, one of the quests, like, another quest I can't complete is, like, collect every Gwent card, and not completing that one quest makes it so I can't collect all the Gwent cards, and I I was, I had big Gwent plans, and... (laughs) really upset about it they just knew you were a goody goody narc and they couldn't trust you anymore i you know i've been trying to like approach (laughs) these like situations where like they give me you know choices and i try to come up with like a non-violent solution whenever i can and you know sometimes that means like you're kind of missing out on content it seems like you're you're almost like aborting missions in a way by like not pursuing them. Yeah. And, and I guess I wish it was clear. Like, like if you're presented a choice, like if it will have a strong impact, cause you don't always know like that, you know, it, it'll be directly, uh, resulting in like whether you can pursue a quest or not. So, right. I guess if there was a way to make that more clear, I, I would be less frustrated and, able to forgive myself well also a little bit of a bummer that they're like closing off stuff 
based on you being a good guy. Yeah. Like, I don't want to kill these innocent people. Yeah. But I, but I guess if I, if I don't want to kill the people, then maybe I shouldn't be doing the quest. Yeah. So fair enough. The game does seem to be big enough, uh, (laughs) with or without all the quests. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I, Lord knows I wouldn't be doing them all. Yeah. I mean, I went into this thinking like, okay, I'm just gonna, I know there's all this like, massive side content but i'm just gonna try to like stick to like the main story and not get wrapped up in all that and then i started going like okay like you know what i actually like if i come across some side quests like i am gonna complete them uh and then it turned into like okay i'm going for everything (laughs) like even like you know going to any like you know if you go into a town and you go to like the notice board you can find out about like any important areas nearby and you don't necessarily know what they'll be, but you know, there's something important there, like a hidden treasure or like a way to get like a free experience point, like, like, a, like a level up point, not a, not a, a one experience point. <laughs> um, so like, I'm, you know, even if they're not necessarily quest related, like I'm just scouring through all those and like is becoming a, it's becoming a deep dive for me, and uh, it sounds gonna, real good, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm tossing on podcasts and just I'm having a good time. I like being in this world. I do I like Duke of Defense. I do think about this when I'm not playing it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I I don't see me putting this down anytime soon. I I would say I played more of this than anything else i played this week combined <laughs> Damn. oh man okay it's a good sign yeah yeah, yeah yeah i mean that's what for me at least what a lot of these open world games are about is like getting immersed in that environment and that experience yeah so. i guess like you know maybe it's just for for now that you know reward mechanism is still active but maybe it'll wear off at some point i'll just be like okay i just need to finish this like i assume that'll be a thing and I think maybe that happened a little bit with Breath of the Wild. Like, I definitely, like, was trying to do everything, and I definitely, like, gave up near the end. I was just like, let me just finish this. Yeah. So, maybe I won't see this through the end. It'll be a quitter. <laughs> no, you won't. You're going to see it through. I will. I believe in you. Hey, right. Geralt needs to succeed. That's right. I should start over so I can win that turn. <laughs> <laughs> If yeah, if you don't beat the game, you'll have to look back on that uh, moment and reflect. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, that card tournament. They, about that you forever. know, they give you like the different categories of the your quests, and they have a category. Once you fail the quest, they have a category of failed quests. And oh, it's just a slap in the fucking face. Yeah, why do they even show you that? I don't know. Torture. These developers spent a lot of time developing that content, so yeah, they gotta let you know it was there. You know. Jeez. <laughs> it's mocking me. It's like Ignorance it's the assist bliss. mode stamp. It's just yeah. let, me, let me do something right. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kevin? What else are you playing? Well, I just have one other game that I wanted to talk about briefly because I've only played it relatively briefly. I've put a couple hours in, maybe two and a half hours or so. Uh, I've been playing some Cosmic Star Heroin. Ooh. Uh, I'm not sure if either of you have played or heard of this game or know much about it. Heard of it? Um, seen it on sale. 
Yeah. I've been been eyeing it. Yeah, it's on, I grabbed it a while ago on sale, but it is on sale currently at the time of recording for I think six bucks. I grabbed it half off at seven fifty, and this is also one from a limited run games. You can grab a physical copy of this game as well uh, on the Switch, anymore. and I think on on PS4. Yeah, but probably not anymore <laughs> unless you want to pay a pretty penny for yeah. it. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's uh, you know, I, I'm not a huge turn. It's a turn based RPG. Um, not huge into these, although, you know, like I, I can be a sucker for, you know, like we were just talking about, like a good environment or a good story or just, you know, just getting immersed in an experience. Um, and at a cheap price, I figured, you know what, I'll, I'll give this game a try. I do like the art style and I like the kind of sci-fi theme as opposed to like a fantasy theme, which tends to be right. much more common in the RPG world. Um, and I did see like from the little bit of trailers and stuff that I saw in the little bit, I looked into this game before I picked it up. Um, and as I've played it now, it, it does not seem like there's any random battles or anything like that. Nice. Um, so everything like there's not even a little like, uh, you know, sometimes there's like a little whoosh effect that like now you're in the battle, you know, and you're in some weird zone that's nowhere. You know, you're just all of a sudden in a f- random field. Right. Um, where this game, like you're just fighting the enemy right in the environment that you stumbled across them in. A la um, Chrono Trigger then. Yeah. Kinda very, similar. very similar to that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and the battle system's pretty cool. I mean, it's you know it's turn based. You get um, you have like each character. Right now, I have three different characters. It looks like there's quite a few different ones you can unlock, and and I think only have three in your party at a time. I think, but um, I do like I've played maybe like what seemed like the first level of this game. I did like the tutorial, and then I started out at this like mission base, and then I they sent me on a mission. I went and did the mission, and then I finished it. And then it seems like they sent me back to my base, which is pretty cool. You know, it's not like it's not like this huge giant map you have to explore. It seems like it's going to be potentially broken up into like, oh, here's here's this level. OK, now go on this mission. It's kind of structured more like you're part of this like agency, you know, okay. um, which I kind of it feels a little more uh, manageable for me. You know, you're, you're managing your different items and weapons and, you know, you're picking up all this different stuff. But at the same time, you don't necessarily have to manage like, where am I going next? Where it's pretty pretty well pathed for you which that at least for me refreshing. is that a perk yeah good. yeah i know for some people that that may be what you like is like going through and grinding through these games but uh but for me that's not what i'm looking for no and it seems like it's pretty well paced to just kind of play through the experience but there are four different difficulty settings brand and they give pretty detailed descriptions like hey if you just want to play through the story start here if you just want to play through with like a light challenge start here if you want to feel good about the challenge start here and if you really want to tough challenge and maybe recommended for a second playthrough start here so i started at that not the hardest difficulty but just the one that was like hey if you want a stiff challenge start here jeez and i mean i was i was definitely dying on you you have to think like every battle your your all your health is replenishing so you you have to uh for each character if if you're able to keep them alive um so each battle is like you really have to think about it you know it's not just like, oh, I'm powerful. I'm just mowing through these enemies. Like each right. battle is a legitimate, you know, somewhat legitimate challenge. Some of them are easier than others, of course. But um, yeah, I'm just like each character. I've been unlocking new abilities for them all. Um, again, you have that one attack that you can you can use at will. Uh, sometimes it's an ability, but most of the time it's an attack. And then you have a bunch of different abilities that you unlock, but you can only use them once per like go. But then you also have like a recharge ability that you typically will defend and then recharge all of those moves as well oh okay so and, uh, there's not like a magic bar it's just like a one use thing and then you have to yeah charged uh okay correct so and then there's all sorts of different like <clears throat> one of my characters uses uh these abilities that are that's called like gunmancy 
And some of them are attacks. Some of them are healing things that you just use like your guns to cast magic, essentially. Okay. But then you have another attack or ability that uh, either repeats or like doubles the effect of your uh, previous gunmancy attack or this will affect all targets. So if it's an attack, it'll attack every enemy or if it's a healing uh, gunmancy then you'll heal all your party instead nice. of just one character. So, like, you can kind of plan ahead like that. Oh, yeah. And there's, like, a nice bar on the side of the screen that will show, like, who, which character's turn is next. And, and it just, like, for the next maybe, you know, 20 turns or so, um, you can see the order between you and the enemies, um, which is pretty cool. And there's That's all a nice element, yeah. Yeah, and there's all different kinds of, like, status effects. And, and you can, enemies have different weaknesses, like, to fire and electricity, all different kinds of, like, elemental attacks and, and stuff like that. And so far, the writing's been pretty good. Like, not over-obtrusive with the story, but relatively witty. You know, nothing crazy, uh, groundbreaking or anything, but just pretty smart. And like I said, the pace just feels really, it's running at a nice clip. Like I'm at nice. two and a half hours in and I feel like I'm like, I've, I'm getting into this game now where like sometimes these RPGs take, you know, t- 10 hours before they break open. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's just the tutorial. So, <clears throat> right. Right. And this game just gets you right to the mix. And one thing I really did appreciate is like I, the tutorial battle, I was, I fought this boss, like this, you know, boss tutorial boss or whatever. And it seemed like it was going to be one of those like, oh, I killed him. And then, oh, but he got away and he's right. my and my menace. And no, you just kill this guy. He's done. He's <laughs> okay. your tutorial. He's not your he's just a boss that you kill. And I, I, I kind of like that. I might even be now that I'm saying it, I feel like I might even be misremembering that. But I feel like I was just impressed with like, oh, it's you know, it doesn't it's not just there's not a lot of cliches in this game, I guess, I which I'm appreciating. Nice. It's it's you uh, sacrifice so you could learn. Yeah, exactly. And the tutorial is pretty quick. Like I said, yeah, the dialogue and there's not uh, in the hub, like your little agency. There's a bunch of characters you can talk to and the different agents will give you different tips and stuff like that. Um, But for the most part in the game itself, like once I was in the level, I didn't really encounter like any dialogue. I mean, I did a little exploring and a few things I could look at, like, you know, and you're just like, oh, I wonder what this is. And there'll be like a small little dialogue between your characters. Yeah. But like no NPCs really walking around uh, other than enemies. So okay. I thought that was kind of cool. So definitely it's, it seems like it's just stripping out a lot of the things that are sometimes a barrier for me in getting into these RPG, you know, turn based RPG games. But um, and just streamlining the experience to something that I'm really enjoying. And again, I, I just really like that sci fi theme. So how many characters do you get to play around with? Uh, right now, I have three different characters. It looks like that is probably all you get in your party. But I've seen like screenshots of the game with like different characters in that party. So yeah, I, I don't so know how many you get to total three people, but it could be a different. Yeah, a uh, different assortment. Yeah, Got but it. It, it might even be more than three. But I, I'm not. It looks like the, you know, the menu is kind of set up to just have those three. Nice. Sounds like they are very inspired by Chrono Trigger. Yeah, it feels ve- like when even the way, Still yeah, when it just breaks that. into a battle, it feels very, very similar to that. Yeah, which is so, good. I mean, that's yeah, a definitely. good thing to draw from. <laughs> Not a bad comparison to make at all. No. I, does that game age well? I like I feel like I need to play it because it is like a classic. Um, I actually played almost all the way through the, the DS re-release of Chrono Trigger uh it's probably like five or six years ago at this point. And I mean, I almost made it all the way through. So I, I mean, that's worth something as far as I'm concerned, because I don't tend to beat very many games. Um, 
I, I kind of disappointed that I didn't see it through because I was enjoying my time with it. So I think you can still find the DS version of Chrono Trigger for like 20, 30 bucks pretty easily. You think yeah. I own a DS? Randall? Yeah, you don't. You should. I thought you still had one. No? I, I sold it, man. Oh, oh man, no. Crazy. You can, I think I still have an extra one he can borrow, and I have Chrono Trigger DS, so I, I can. you can borrow that, that too. No, I can't. Um, the DS I, is so good, man. I love it. It's great. It's great. And especially when you, if you have a 3DS and you can play both libraries, totally. that's just fantastic. Yep. Um, I think I was just an idiot with my DSs. Like, I, I got them just for, like, Pokemon games and didn't use them beyond that. So it was just, like, a complete waste of money. I mean, there was, a, there was a lot of trash to wade through for whatever it was worth. I mean, they were putting out anything. Yeah. Anything on the DS. Like, all these crazy... Same with the Wii. Just mini... Yeah, yeah. Just these, like, kind of chintzy party games, mini games... But that doesn't detract from how many good games are on both oh, of those Oh, no, platforms. no, but I, I, I just feel like for somebody, like, if you weren't, like, you know, we worked at Best Buy at yeah. the time, so we'd see all these cool games coming in, Yeah. but I think if you just, like, if you weren't super into Nintendo, or if you just weren't following it, and you right. just kind of walk through the aisle, you right. might be like, what the, f- what are these games? Yeah, that was my experience. You know, they hey, look like Bar- games. Barbie games, yeah. and Dora the Explorer, and <laughs> yep. it's, it's just a bunch of licensed stuff. I spy games. Of, I think yeah. that is why I don't have a good opinion, part, part of why I don't have a great opinion of the Wii, is yeah. maybe my experience, like, going through those stores and being like, there's fucking nothing. Well, there's there, a lot of people are like, I always hear people saying that stuff like that about the Wii and the DS. And I just think, yeah, I mean, there is a ton of that garbage. I mean, if you look at the ratio of good games to bad games, it's probably not very impressive. But you could make that but same argument. There's still about a NES ton of games. great games. And yeah, yeah. Uh, for any platform, really. Yeah. I mean, any system. Yeah. So especially yeah. Steam, you know, look at all the oh, <laughs> garbage yeah. that's on Steam. So yep. no, but the Wii U hadn't like barely any games but they were all (laughs) (laughs) and yet you're trying to pawn that off too get out of here get out of here i mean they're just gonna re-release everything on switch that does seem to be the case that does seem to be the case but it does well uh well randall i know we kind of uh we kind of shorted out a little bit on uh the nba talk last week i know you and john were Getting into it a little bit, and I know oh, maybe yeah. we want to save a deeper dive into some basketball talk. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I'm going to save it we for can bring him back, but uh <laughs> my, dude, my dude, John Hines, understands me and where I'm coming from, where you guys just don't, unfortunately. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, you were... <laughs> I, I guess not, but I know you were saying that you were, you've put 90 hours into this yeah. uh, NBA 2K19 already. I really That's did. A, NBA 2K90, I think, is the new name of the game. But, <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry but nba 2k but yeah I, I just need to know like what is what keeps you coming back is there anything more to what than you know what you've described to us in previous episodes is there is there something that is keeping you hooked on this is there anything good about this <laughs> <laughs> do the pokemon have any purpose I wish. <laughs> that's what i'm talking about <laughs> Waiting for that Space Jam 2 game to come out. That'd be kind of a cross between those two <laughs> ideas. Yeah, that would that would do something. Yeah, there probably will be one, too. No, uh, with uh, NBA 2K19 still playing the GM mode, uh, my Blake Griffin-led Pistons are deep into the playoffs now. Um, we've made it to the conference finals. We secured the number one overall seed. Uh, got to rest some players. They weren't so happy about that, so I had to pep talk them back up. 
Uh, there's all kinds of things where certain players want feedback in certain ways where they want tough love or they want to be coddled or whatever else. And I don't know. It's it's like the theme of this episode seems to be games that we think about when we're not playing them. And that's absolutely <laughs> the case for me with NBA 2K19, uh, my GM mode. I'm thinking like, like how can I make my team better? Like uh, we, we, were, we may win the championship here, but even then, like going into year three, uh, I've still got this first round pick that I traded for. Uh, maybe we could get a little bit better with our center play. Like maybe I could trade for a younger guy. Like how can I improve my starting five? How can I improve my bench depth with players that matter so that I can rest my, my best guys a little bit more. So they're fresh every game. Yeah, how can I improve my salary cap situation where I'm not over the cap? Oh, there's this guy from years ago that's been what's called dead cap space where he hits against our total cap amount, but he's not an active player on the team any longer because they dropped him years ago. Um, so it's like the level of nerdy depth of this thing goes real deep, guys. Uh, <laughs> it <laughs> I, sure I'm able sounds to like, like it, yeah. Yeah, I, I can create training regimens and like focuses for each player based on their attributes. Uh, it's, it goes deep. Um, so, so when you're, when you're getting like, you know, you said you have like a first round high draft pick or whatever, like, are you, are you drafting, are they like edit or importing in like college players coming up in the draft or are they, are these just made up players? They're made up. Yeah. Yeah. They they just kind of like have a, a generator thing where they just kind of pop out players based on their, uh, I want to say the classification, but their, their player type, their position. Basically, it'll pop out players with certain stats um, and just kind of create a a full draft of, you know, two rounds worth of players that you can pick from. Um, we'll see how how good my draft uh, position is. I had to trade away my original Detroit Detroit Pistons first round and second round picks. But that's OK, because as the most successful team in the league this year with the best record, the likelihood that I would have a good pick would be very, very low. Uh, I would I would end up more than likely being like the 30th overall pick, which is not necessarily great. Um, right. But I traded I ended up trading for a, a better first overall pick not a first overall pick, but a first round pick because my owner wanted that to, to be a goal for me for this year. Cause he, in his head, we're still in rebuild mode. We're not about to win a championship. <laughs> I had to change it. Like, no dude, we're, we're, we're in contending mode here. You got to change your mindset. But I had to complete that goal first, getting a, a first round draft pick before uh, the trade deadline. So I did that. So I, I got a pick from uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, which are a good team, but not as good as my team. So we'll see what uh, pick I land on when we have the lottery uh, after the championship round. Is there any uh, risk you'll ever have to part ways with Blake Griffin? Yeah, because he's 30 or 31 in my game. And he's still super dominant. He's just like a freaking monster. Like, I, if I need a, a bucket in crunch time, I give him the ball and he goes and he smashes. Like, he's just, he's a machine. Like, he'll go in and just dunk on people. Um, and then people don't believe he can shoot three-pointers, so they, like, leave him wide open. And then he nails a lot of threes because they don't want to guard him up close. So, but that being said, he takes up a large portion of my salary cap. And as he gets older, his his value as compared to his salary cap hit is going to go underwater at some point. So I will probably look at trading him if I can get another player at his position to kind of fill out those minutes. 
Yeah, I was going to say, is there someone else that you kind of want to build around when the time comes? There's nobody in the wings. I did have a, a prospect guy that I drafted in the second round last offseason, but he he didn't quite fully materialize as quickly as I would have liked into uh, someone that was worth minutes. So I traded him away to get a better center that I needed to, to match up with some of these other more difficult teams uh, in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, what? as as somebody who follows basketball quite a bit like you do, like, do you do you find that breaks the experience at all? Like these drafting these randos uh, um, that are just kind of generated into the game or maybe over time it will a little bit more. But as of now, still the vast majority of players that are like being brought up or I'm playing against are are still real players. So it's not not too much yet. No, I wouldn't say. And especially because I don't follow college that much. It like you might as well use the actual college names or not to me. And I wouldn't typically. Right. Right. Unless it's like like Zion Williams or like the top prospect. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise I would have no idea if it was real or not. Right. So besides the fact that the, like the player faces aren't actual photographs at that point, they're like in game model faces that don't necessarily look that good in the, the profile pictures, but right. Right. (laughs) But yes, all that to say, I am I am severely addicted, and I thought like you know I'll win the championship this year in in year two, and and I'll be done with it. And now I'm thinking, oh, what about year three? Like I've got all these players locked up, so for for another go at it, what what am I going to do next time around? So more to come. All right, so we're running a little long this week, so I'm feeling pretty good to wrap it up there. If you guys are, it wasn't long to me. <laughs> well, time flies when we're having fun, I guess. But uh. But yeah, this is uh, Pursuing Pixels. This has been episode number 14. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can find us on the internet at pursuingpixels.com, Twitter, Instagram, elsewhere on the internet. And also for uh, the month of August, we mentioned last week, uh, we're going to be playing through, or not necessarily through, I don't know if we're going to finish yeah, the game. Shoot. I guess D- DJ probably will. Yeah, that's But uh, for the rest of us mortals, uh, <laughs> we'll, be playing, uh, we'll be playing some Into the Breach. Yes. Um, but very excited to dig into this game. I haven't started it yet, but uh, another roguelite and another strategy game. So this is uh, two avenues that I've been exploring a lot lately. So Heck, Heck yeah. yeah. Heck yes. Cool. Well, uh, Yeah, I guess we can wrap it up there and we'll catch you all next week. Take care. Take care. Goodbye, everybody. Not not you specifically, DJ, but I have something. It's really hot in here, too. Like, yeah. I'm, like, sweltering. I got my shirt off. <laughs> Still struggling. <laughs> yeah, it you is take your like, shirt off every podcast? That'd be good. The last two, yeah. <laughs> DJ's been shirtless in Chicago. Still been a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. <laughs>